We're going to start off in Matthew chapter 4 tonight. I hope this word can be an encouragement to you, speak to you, and strengthen you in your walk with Jesus Christ. I welcome you. If I, if I forgot to welcome you, I'm sorry. I welcome you to Living Word Church. I know I introduced myself, but I want to welcome you also. So glad to have you here. By the way, saints, I, I also am very appreciative of your prayers and thoughts and concerns. Thank you if I forgot to say that also. You meant a lot to me, and, and I'll encourage you tonight with some of your prayers, what, what they did for me in a different way than I expected. We'll talk about that in a little bit here. So in Matthew chapter 4, verse 18, it says this, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. They immediately left their nets and fouled him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, Jesus, walking along the sea. Can you picture it? Walking along the shoreline, he sees two brothers casting their net into the sea. Follow me. You're fishing. I'll make you fish for men. They followed him. They're catching up to him as he walks along. He sees two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called to them. And immediately they left their boat and their father, and they followed him. Tonight I want to talk about maintaining the call of Jesus in your life. Jesus has called you. Do you know that? He has called you for a purpose. You might have not been in a fishing boat. You might have not been mending your nets. But he came at some point, maybe not Jesus himself in physical form, but Jesus in spirit through the words of another man or another woman met you at a certain place, and Jesus was calling you. Follow me. Follow me. And you had a choice to make. Boy, this call is strong. What do I do? What do I do? You know, these, these men here were, might have been fed up with religion. They might have been fed up with circumstances in life. You can question what made them leave Jesus so immediate. Like It's like there was no thought behind this. There was no pondering. Two men were with their father. There's no discussion with their dad. Hey, dad, should we do this? Hey, dad, what do you think about this? It was just, see you, dad. We're following this man. He has something that we, ha- we need. He has something that I'm missing. He has something that I need. He has fulfillment that I see. They must have known Jesus from somewhat before we can see this. And I think this is really neat, Jesus calling people to follow him. Just prior to these scriptures, if you go up to chapter, I'm sorry, verse 16 in chapter 4, it says, the people living in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, the light has dawned. This was foretold in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 2, that Jesus would do this. You know, these men had seen something in Jesus Christ. The Bible says people living in that time have seen a great light. The light had dawned upon them. They were beginning to understand this is something different. Look what it says in verse 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Or repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near to you. Something began to stir in these men's hearts. Something began to grow in these men's hearts. When they saw Jesus on that shore, 
When they saw Jesus call out to them, they responded immediately. I wanna ask you tonight, church, does the Lord still draw you to him? Do you still see him calling you? Are you willing to drop everything immediately and follow him? But my circumstance in life, brother, you don't understand. But my relationship, you don't know how that works. This might be true. You might say to me, I don't know how that works, but Jesus does. Jesus knows exactly how it works. And here's his priority. Follow me. Follow me above all else. Follow me above all circumstance in your life. Follow me before you put anything out there, before any concern hits you, follow me. You know, I found myself recently in a state of, can I say weirdness? One day I was working, within 24 hours, I was laying in the hospital bed, staring at a ceiling, in a lot of pain, and thinking to myself, what just happened? What just happened? What just went on? I have no idea. My body wasn't liking me, I wasn't liking my body. We were fighting. We weren't happy. We were disgruntled. We were frustrated. You know, saints, I began to think about the word of God at that moment. I began to think about Jesus Christ. I began to think about all that he went through. And this message sort of came on my heart. Keep following the Lord. And let me tell you something, what your prayers did for me. I think I knew early on I wasn't going to be healed of this thing. Don't ask me how I knew. I just knew. But let me tell you what your prayers did. When I got home, I would lay in bed and the pain would come on. And I used to just be like, this life stinks. (laughs) And I used to just clench my fist and grit my teeth and try to bear through it. But I know as the days went on and you guys were praying for me, let me tell you something that happened to me. As the pain started coming on, I would get out of bed. I would go downstairs and I would do laps and I would just start praising Jesus. And that pain, you could tell that pain, if you're, if you're in situations in life where things grab hold of you, pain, you know, offenses can do this too. Someone, someone comes at you hard and you get offended by them, it grabs hold of you. And I tell you what that pain wants to do. That pain wants to grab you and make you get on your knees. That pain wants to take you and make you make you become emotional. That pain wants to take you and grab you by the wrist and lead you in a direction where you don't even want to go. Just like an offense can do. An offense can grab you by the wrist and say, speak your mind. Tell that man your heart. Tell that woman how you feel. It grabs you and it pulls you in certain directions. But Jesus says this, follow me. Don't follow the throat. Don't follow the pull of that emotion. Don't follow the pull of that hate, that anger, that frustration. Don't follow the pull of that, that diagnosis, that, that injury, that pain that you might have. Jesus says, follow me through this. Let me show you a better way through this. Don't be controlled by that situation. Let Jesus control you in that situation. And I found myself through your prayers being strengthened. I sang so many songs and I took the words out of songs and replaced them with pain. For example, you ever hear that song that says, fear, it is a liar. I have changed that to pain, it is a liar. (laughs) Any song you can take, you put a word in there, fear, throw it with pain. I started singing all sorts of songs, but they had pain. And I would would chuckle and I would laugh. My wife would come down, we pray together. You know, this is great things that happen. I think it happened all through your prayers. So I really thank you for that. I really thank you for your prayers going to heaven. Jesus coming to me and saying, Ben, the saints are encouraging me to tell you to follow me. 
stay on path. And I want to encourage you tonight with that same message. Follow Jesus Christ in whatever, whatever situation you're in. You know, since Adam and Eve sinned, they fell to the idea of being right in their own eyes. They fell to the idea of being, let yourself control you. Let yourself control your situation. Do your best to control the situation that you are in. This is what the world tells us to do, right? This is what the world expects us to do. It says in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, you don't have to turn there. It says this in Genesis chapter 3, verse 5, for God knows, by the way, this is the serpent talking to Eve, the devil, our attacker, the person who hates us, the person who tries to draw us away from God's call. This is what he was saying to Eve, for God knows that in the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. This was a lie. And the lie was this, Eve, you will be right in your own eyes. Who cares what God thinks? You will be right in your own eyes. You will know what God knows. You will know everything that God knows. You will be justified by your own self. Eat, take a bite of it. You will be justified. This was, to me, saints, this was, is, and will ever be until the Lord returns or death takes us home to temptation for men. Be right in your own eyes. Be justified by your own actions. Be satisfied by how you responded to the situation. It don't matter what God wants you to respond. Are you satisfied? This is what the devil wants us to believe. It says this in verse six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant, in other words, that it was desirable to look upon, it made sense. It looked good to her. It was good to the eyes. And, f- and the tree was desirable to make one wise. She took of it and ate its fruit. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. You see how she saw it was all desirable, so it must be okay. If it made sense to her, it must be okay. It looked good in her own eyes, so it must be okay. Well, it made sense to me, so it must be okay. This is the lie that the devil wants Eve to believe, and she, she believed it. And she took the fruit and ate of it. And Adam believed it. Adam believed the lie, and he took of the fruit and ate of it. They both believed of the eye, of the lie. And it says this in verse 7, the eyes of both of them were open, and they knew that they were naked. Isn't this just how it goes, saints? Taking matters into our own hands is sort of innate in our own human condition. Have you ever said this before after a situation? Well, it seemed right to me at the time. Well, it seemed like it made sense. It seemed like that's what I should have done at the time. It seemed like it, right? Because it looked desirable. It satisfied who? It satisfied me. I made a decision at the time based on something that satisfied me. So it seemed good at the time when I made that decision. Then time goes by and you realize, ah, maybe I should have sought my brother in the Lord about this situation or prayed about this situation a little further. Maybe I would have had a little more insight you know, amen, saints, this is what happens. This, it's, not, it's not anything that one particular person, it's sort of how we are as humans. This is why Jesus says, follow me. Follow me. In every decision you make, follow me. And whatever you're doing, follow me. 
Someone tells me what to do, thanks, brother. I'll decide for myself what to do. Have you heard that before? Thank you, but I'll decide for me and my family what I will do. What if we said, thanks, brother. Let's pray together and see what the Lord wants me to do. You see the difference? You see the difference? Being right in their own standing just showed them this. Being right in their own standing showed Adam and Eve this. Shame. A loss. Showed them they were naked. Showed them they were vulnerable. Showed them they needed help. Showed them they couldn't do it on their own after all. Showed them they needed someone to cover them. They tried to cover themselves. It showed them they had a big hole in their life. Without Jesus Christ, when they, when they took that step to say, I'm going to control my, whole, my own life, they realized there was a hole in their life that they couldn't fill anymore. They were vulnerable now. They were susceptible even to each other. They were never susceptible to each other before. Now they became susceptible to each other. You see, soon after, Adam said it was her fault. And you blamed here. It was the serpent's fault. This never happened before. This never happened before. But now it was happening because they became wise in their own eyes. The hole in the heart. It was soon after this that God came calling and walking through the garden. Adam, Eve, where are you? Where are you? They never hid before God before. They never were lost before God before. But here they were hiding themselves, hidden in the garden. In God's own garden, they were trying to hide from God. Being ashamed, naked, having a hole in their heart. They even refused to hear God's call. You see, saints, God's been calling humans since the beginning. Adam and Eve, where are you? James and John, follow me. Peter and Andrew, follow me. This is what God does in the Old Testament, New Testament, and even today. He calls us to a call to follow him wholeheartedly, without question, without reservation, without, let me decide what's best for me, Lord. No, immediately drop what you're doing and follow Jesus. Jesus is still calling us today, saints. Do you believe it? Are you hiding from his call? Does his call scare you? Does his call feel limiting to you? Does this call feel like it might restrict you in your life? Do we hide from his call because we have a better way? It is interesting here that Adam and Eve knew something was off, and in their own, they even tried to go deeper. They began to sow fig leaves or leaves together. Maybe it wasn't fig leaves, but leaves together to cover themselves. They made their, their latest apparel out of leaves because they knew something was off. Sowing leaves together. It ended up that God could have helped them in this also. After all, it was God who sacrificed an animal and made the animal took clothes and made it for Adam and Eve. Still, even after the mistake, you see what happens when we begin to make decisions based on our own intuition, our own feelings. What happens is we make a mistake. Well, I'm going to fix that mistake. I'm going to sew leaves together. I'll fix it. Well, it was actually God who could have even fixed that mistake, and he actually did. He sacrificed an animal, right? and they're covering for them. God fixes the problems we have in our lives. If we respond to God's call, when he calls you, he'll fix the problem you have. It might not be the way you fixed it. You might fix it with leaves. You might put patches over it. God will fix it completely, so you're completely covered. So you're covered by him and his blood, Jesus Christ. 
No matter how well we think we can cover ourselves with justifications and reasonings as why we do things or how we do things or what made us think this way, nothing fills the void like Jesus can fill in our lives. Nothing fills that emptiness that we have in our hearts. From the beginning, humans have always tried to find righteousness. You know what righteousness is? It's good standing with God. The English word, if you look it up, is sort of weak. It just means to be good. But the the biblical standard is, is this, righteousness, being right with God, being in right standing with God. Are you in right standing with God? You know, Eve looked for good. She tried to find something that was desirable and pleasing to help her even be like God. Adam made excuses of why he did this and why he did that. People obey laws and traditions. We'll see this in in Matthew in Jesus' time. Could it be that, that Peter and Andrew and James and John were just frustrated of, of laws and traditions and they wanted something new. There had to be something more in life than just obeying laws and traditions. That can get old very quick. But this religion, this religious attitude tries to fill a hole that we have in our hearts. This is why religion is such a topic in human, why is religion such a big topic in the world? Why is it such a huge topic? Every country, every society, every ethnicity, ethnicity, every person has some sort of God. Why is it always there? Why is God around so much? Because we have holes in our hearts that can be filled by Jesus Christ. People try to fill it with self-satisfaction, sexuality, being part of a group, an identity, being close to family. And there's no doubt that some of these things can can sort of pseudo-fill the hole in our heart, can partially be filled by religious activities, religious knowledge, doing traditions, filling in roles of the church. They can sort of be filled by taking leadership roles in the church. They can sort of be filled to some extent, maybe in some way, by by doing those roles, having a close-knit family, having a very close-knit group of friends that you trust. But that can't help fill that hole completely. And that, that fill does not last. We all know that friends let us down. Families can turn on us. And even our own soul can be overburdened and laden and weakened. Amen, saints? It wasn't until Jesus came into earth that that longing was fulfilled. It wasn't until Jesus came and filled that hole for human, humankind. Amen, saints? When Jesus came, starting his ministry, there was a dawning, a new light in the world, a light that would bring spiritual change to a spiritually lost world. Did you hear that? Spiritual change to a spiritually lost world was Jesus Christ's coming identity for his ministry. A new light in a dark world. A new life in an area that was filled with the shadow of darkness. A void. How many can say this in your own heart? You had a void in your heart until you met Jesus. Something didn't seem right in your life until you met Jesus. It just seemed a little bit off. You tried to fill it, you can fill it in with whatever you tried to fill it in. You know your walk. You know your life. You should try to fill it in whatever you tried to fill it in. Whatever, as Eve did, whatever looked good, as Adam did, whatever excuse that you had, whatever you could do, you tried to fill it in, but you knew it wasn't until you heard Jesus Christ say, follow me. Even as you tried to resist, you knew that was the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ filling your life with joy and peace and overfilling repentance of sins. Amen, saints? This all comes from a call from Jesus. 
Look at the first thing that Jesus did in his ministry here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17. I think you're all still there. It says, from that time on, Jesus began to preach. And what did he preach? Wealth, comfort, healings. What did he preach initially? He said this, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. You see, Jesus' first call to humankind was this, change your minds. Change your mindset. The way you're thinking, change it. I have something new for you, something powerful for you, something that will fill the void in your life, something that will fill the hurt. You're controlled by pain. I have something first. Get your mind off the pain. You're filled, by, you're filled with a sickness. I have something for you. Get your mind off the sickness. You're filled with a frustration. Someone offended you. I have something for you, Jesus says. Get your mind off that offense. Get your mind off of it. Steer clear from it. This is what repent means. Change your mind. I think Peter and Andrew, James and John had discussions about this. This guy says, change our mind. Enough with the traditions. Enough with the Jewish holidays and the Jewish feasts. We want something different. We're sick and tired of the hole that's not being filled in our lives. They heard Jesus say, change your mind. And when they heard Jesus call them, they followed him immediately. Jesus begins with repent. Repentance is a change of heart. The next action we see Jesus is doing this. Now follow me. You see, saints, in your lives, all of us here tonight have this, two two of the same qualities we have as we follow Jesus Christ. Number one, he asked you to repent. Change your mind. And then number two, he said, follow me now. So you follow him with a changed mind. You don't bring your same mindset to follow Jesus Christ. You don't bring the same mindset of whatever you had before you served Jesus Christ. I want to make money. My, my, My identity is living in a big house and making money and being comfortable. Lord, I'll follow you. Time out. Change your mind. Change your mind, Jesus said. Repent. Think about me. Think about what God has done for you. Think about the blood on the cross that's coming. Think about what I've done for you and the shame that I'll go through for you to fill that void in your life. Change your mind. Oh, we're not done. Now follow me with that thought. Follow me. I will take you places. You know the next statement? We won't get into this tonight, but there's a promise behind that. Jesus says, follow me. And then what he says next, and I will make. Something happens when you follow Jesus Christ. We don't have time to get into this tonight. But the first step is have a change of mind. The second step is with that new mind, start following Jesus Christ. And the third step is trusting that he will make something out of you. The scripture says this, old things have passed away. Behold, all things, you can fill it in, right? Have become new. How can all things become new from the old? How can old things pass away and all things become new? That's right, Jesus Christ can do it, but it's our change of mind. It's our mind got changed. I don't have to serve alcohol anymore. I don't have to submit myself to pain anymore. I don't have to find drugs to help myself anymore. I don't have to find a, a, a people who look up to me, who I feel comfortable with, who I can sin with anymore, who will hide my sin, who understand my complaints, who understand my offenses. I don't have to be like that anymore. I can be new. I can walk with freedom 
The word can be alive in my heart. You see what Jesus did? He wanted these men to be free from the traditions and the cultures they were stuck hip deep into. They wanted them to be free from it. Follow me and I will make you something. Jesus has a call out for repentance. Then he follows it up with a call out to follow him. Saints, this call does not end in our lives. Repentance is not a one-time deed. Following him is not, him is not a one-time act. It's constant. It's ever before us. It should be foremost in front of us as a Christian. Repentance, having a change in mind. I know some of us think repentance, well, I have to get on my knees and ask for forgiveness of sins, and this is what repentance is, and being washed in the blood. Sure, but I want to tell you it goes beyond that. It goes beyond that in this sense. It's a change of mind. Every day you should wake up, repentance. Change my mind today, Lord. Help my mind today, Lord. Help me rethink, refocus my mind today, Jesus Christ. You are the reason why I'm here. I want to follow you today. Where do you want to take me today, Jesus? And this is my heart for this church. We've been here for 40 years, maybe longer. Are we stuck hip deep in traditions and cultures? Or can we say, Lord, we want to be free of traditions and cultures? Where can you take this church in your name to our community? Lord, how can you use us today? Change our mind. Let my mind be refocused on what your will is for our church. Are we praying for this? Is it ever before us? Saint says, as a pastor, as, as you helping me and I'm helping you, I want to say this. Let's pray together that the Lord uses us to move forward in the community not according to what we want, not according to how we want it to look even, but according to his power and his grace and his authority that our minds not be caught in traditions and cultures. Oh, Lord, help us not just to come to church because we have church. Help us just not to volunteer because we have volunteer positions. Help us not to take leadership roles because they're available. Help us to be called according to your purpose to be led according to your will. Because we know if we have that mindset, things will get done, amen, saints? Look at what he did with Peter. Look at what he did with Peter, you know. He went from a wild man to a man who was tamed and to preach full sermons filled with the Holy Spirit. The Lord can do that with a man, saints. He can do it with a church. He can lead a church, fill a church with his Holy Spirit, He can anoint that church with oil, and that church can burn bright even in a dark community. Do you believe it, saints? Is it on your heart? It's on my heart. I want to encourage you. Don't be afraid to follow the Lord's call in your life every single day. The world is so constantly badgering us with the notion that the truth lies inside you. Believe your heart. Go with your heart. Go with what your heart says. What you think is right. And you know what else it does? It says accept the norms of society. It puts pressure on us to accept the norms of society. If you don't accept it, boy, you're old-fashioned. You're a bigot. Something's wrong with you. This is what the devil wants to do. He did it with Eve, right? In a way, he did it with Eve. Eve, accept the norm. At that time, God was the norm. (laughs) Accept the norm. You'll be just like God. You'll be cool. You'll know the ins and outs of everything. It looks good, right? It sounds good. It makes sense. You'll have friends. You're not going to offend anyone until she did it. Then she realized, oh, I shouldn't have done that. I should not have done that. 
We don't want to be in that position, saints. Don't let society put pressures on your religion, on your Christianity, on who God is to you. Am I saying you have to go be crazy and scream and yell and do bad flips? I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying this, let God lead your life. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you. Be filled with the Holy Ghost every day. Be repentant. Have that repentant mind. Lord, change my mind every day. Don't be focused on, on the world's one sense. There's so many skews of this world, saints. You can get lost in, in the political realm of the world. You can get lost in the social LGBTQ realm of the world. It can drive you mad. You can be lost down a wormhole and never, we'll never see you again. It can, you'll never win that victory on your own. You can shout till the, till the cows come home. That's God's battle. God will take care of that situation. But God can use you to win a soul. God can use this church to help a community out. God can use this church to help feed people. God can use this church to bring spiritual life to a certain area of Syracuse. Amen, saints? How much is one soul worth? Doesn't heaven rejoice? Could you imagine that? Heaven rejoicing over one soul. What does that sound like? Millions and millions of angels rejoicing. You go to a stadium, oh, I can't hear my friend speak. You won't be speaking in heaven when they start rejoicing. You'll just fall on your face. I think it'll be too much for us to handle. Maybe these guys knew, and, and, and Peter and Andrew, James and John, maybe they knew Jeremiah 17. It says this, this is the Lord speaking. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Jesus said, God said, the heart is incurably sick. The heart of man can't be fixed on its own. It's wicked. No one can understand it. God said, who can know the heart of men? There's one man that knows the heart of men, that's Jesus Christ. And he calls you, he calls your heart to follow him. Don't let your heart lead you. Peter, James, Andrew, and John, maybe they knew the scripture in Jeremiah. Maybe they met together when they heard Jesus talk about repentance for the kingdom of heaven comes near. Maybe they talked together. Maybe they got to know each other. Hey, guys, this guy, Jesus, he says, repent. Change your mind about what's going on in society. Heaven's coming near. It's not about doing what's right according to our own hearts. Then maybe one of them says, hey, John, remember Jeremiah said, the heart is wicked. Who can know it? Well, it sounds like this guy knows his heart, our hearts. You see what happens when we start talking about the Lord with each other? We can strengthen our, our hearts. When someone says, I hope now when someone says to you, hey, just trust your heart, you might say, yikes. I don't want to trust my heart. That's scary. No one knows my heart. I don't even know my heart, what I'll do. Trust your heart. Trust your instincts. How about this? Trust God. Follow God's call. What does God say? Hey, Brother Ben, am I supposed to pray for every little situation in my life? You answer that. You take care of that. I know what I do. I pray for every little situation in my life. You take care of that on your own. But hey, if God is on his throne and he is control of this earth and he knows when this earth is ending, I want to be on his side. I want to know what he knows. I want him to take me places where only he can lead me. Amen, saints? The people of that time, God was a set of rules and traditions, feasts to follow. Following these things and following these rules, they thought, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Peter, Andrew, James, and John saw something different in Jesus. 
His message of repent, change your mind, was what righteousness was based on, was how you became in good standing with Jesus Christ, was by changing your mind. If your Christianity has become a set of rules or traditions or a church schedule that you have decided to follow, just simply follow because we have church, I want to tell you this is not why Jesus called you. If you say, hey, I help volunteer here, I help in Sunday school here, I help in leadership position there, I run a food, pa- food pantry here, I preach every now and then here, I want to tell you this is not why Jesus Christ called you. If these things are done in a way only to fulfill a hole in your heart, if they're only there to fulfill some sort of need that you have to do in Jesus Christ, this is not why Jesus Christ called us. You'll be no different than the Jews of that time trying to follow the rules and traditions of Jesus' time. Jesus Christ called us to have a change of mind. Church, can we have a change of mind for Jesus Christ? If you have come to the notion that what you decide is what is good for you and your faith, I'm offended, hurt, and angry, so I have decided I'm going to react in this certain way. I'm going to skip fellowship. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to go here or there. I'll decide what's good for me and who I'll fellowship with. God may view this behavior no different than following your heart over his will. It seems harsh. It seems mean. It seems too aggressive, maybe. But this is who God is. God wants all of us. What I mean by that is God wants all of you, head to toe. Your thoughts, your visions, your dreams, your hopes, your relationships, your house, your career, the money you make, who you hang out with. He wants all of that in his glory. Jesus has not called us to follow rules and traditions. He has not called us to follow his own heart. He has called us to follow him with a new mind, a changed mind. Amen, saints? For us to stay in newness of life, Jesus has called us to stay in newness of life. If your Christianity is just barely holding on due to something in your life, look out. You could be in danger. You could be in danger. Holding on to what was done in the past as the ultimate authority to God's call on your life, you may find yourself sitting in darkness. You may find yourself missing the light that has dawned on the earth is Jesus Christ. If you base yourself on what you believe the past should be and that we should fast forward that into the future, I'm going to let God take care of our future. I'm going to let God take care of this church. Amen, saints? We have to have a mind that's willing to serve him and be open to him. These men were busy. Think about this. They were making a living. They were busying themselves with with the things of this world. Two men were fishing, casting nets into the sea. Other men were with their dad, fixing their nets in a boat. They were preoccupied. They were focused on their livelihood, on their careers. They might have talked about Jesus a little bit. They might have had discussions about Jesus. Jesus might have even warmed their hearts some as they talked about, hey, this is pretty radical, what this guy's doing. This is cool. Right, but here they were living their lives. But God called them with this message to change and saying, can we be like them? What was their response? It was immediate. It was immediate. Is God working in something in your heart? I didn't tell you, I told you today my message is not long, my message is not deep. My message is straight for the heart of our church. Is God working in something in your heart? 
that wants more of you? Are you holding on to something that you need to let go of? Is there something that has, that you're trying to fulfill that hole in your heart? That Jesus said, I want to fulfill that hole in your heart. I want to be the one who's, who fills that hole in your heart. I want to be the one who leads you and guides you. Is there something that you're trying to put in that hole that just isn't fulfilling what you thought it was? Or maybe you know it's not supposed to fulfill you, yet here you are, keep trying to do it. You say, I'm going to stop. You know, it's, our Christianity should not be this. I'm going to do my best not to do it. Hey, there's, a, there's something on the screen I shouldn't be looking at. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. Did it turn off yet? Did it turn off yet? Oh, shoot, it turned off. Boy, that's a weak Christianity. Our Christianity should be like, move away from that thing. Put it behind you. It's not based on crossing your fingers and hoping you'll succeed. It's based on Jesus Christ who died for you and lives the life eternally above us and, and someday we'll be with him. So I want to challenge you. We'll have a few minutes here. I want to challenge you. I, it wasn't on my heart to do this, but as I preach, I feel it's on my heart. If there's something in your heart that you're, that you're holding on to, trying to fulfill God's call for you, that you haven't made your mind, or maybe you had at one point, and now it's, hey, Brother Ben convicted me on something tonight. My mind has to be changed every day. I want to change my mind for Jesus Christ right now. They did it immediately. Didn't even talk to their dad about it. Hey, dad, is this Okay. I think Zebedee probably maybe even pushed them. But that's, that's a different story. But here it was. They made a decision. Is Jesus Christ calling you right now? Is he talking to you right now? Is he saying to you, let whatever it is that's controlling you, let it go. Let me be your Lord of your life and follow me. And I will make you. That's to be told. Respond to the Lord immediately if that's on your heart, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The Lord is so good. You know, saints, if we're going to live as a church that is made by Jesus Christ, we have to do it Jesus' way. We're going to do it Jesus' way. That's with a mind of repentance every day, a mind of a change of mind and a, and a call to follow him. And then we're going to rely on him for this promise, I will make you. If you want to be made something by Jesus Christ, it starts with a repentant heart. It starts with a call to follow. Then it says, Jesus Christ will make you something. You don't have to make yourself anything. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone except to Jesus Christ. And this is how you prove yourself to Jesus Christ. I am nothing. Lord, help us to be nothing before you so we can be something when you use us, Lord. Help this church to be strong in you, to keep a change of mind for you, Lord. Help us to always follow you, Lord. Give us the desires of our hearts that we want to serve you to the fullest until your return. In Jesus' name, touch the brethren, lift them up to you, Lord, those who are hurting, those who need a touch. Father, we ask that you just touch them with your power and your grace and your word and go with our brethren as we go off the rest of this week. In Jesus' name, amen. Saints, have a great week.